part eleven master johannes wach section five from weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part eleven master johannes wach section five next day poor nanny hung her head like a sick dove what's the matter with my dear child asked master wacht in the tender sympathetic tone that was so peculiarly his own and with which he knew how to stir everybody's heart what's the matter with my dear child are you ill i can't believe it you don't get out into the fresh air sufficiently see here now i have a long time been wishing you would for once in a way bring me my tea out to the workshop do so to-day we may expect a most beautiful evening you will come won't you nanny my darling you will butter me some rolls yourself that will make them ever so good therewith master wacht took the dear girl in his arms and stroked her brown curls back from her forehead and he kissed her and pressed her to his heart and tenderly caressed her treating her in fact in the most affectionate way that he knew how and he was well aware of the irresistible charm of his manner at such times a flood of tears gushed from nanny's eyes and with some difficulty all she could get out was father father well well said wacht and a strain of embarrassment might have been detected in his voice all may yet turn out well a week passed naturally enough jonathan had not shown himself and the master had not mentioned him with a single syllable on sunday when the soup was standing smoking on the table and the family were about to take their seats for dinner master wacht asked gaily and where is our jonathan rettel with a view to sparing poor nanny replied in an undertone father don't you know then what's taken place wouldn't jonathan of course be shy of showing himself here in your presence oh the monkey said wacht laughing let christian run over at once and fetch him it need hardly be said that the young advocate failed not to put in an appearance immediately nor that during the first moments after his arrival a dark oppressive thunder-cloud as it were hovered over them all at length however master wacht's unconstrained good spirits seconded by Laborfink's droll sallies succeeded in calling forth a tone of conversation which if it could not be called exactly merry yet managed to maintain the balance of concord pretty evenly after dinner master wacht said let us get a little fresh air and stroll out to my workyard and they did so Monsieur picard Laborfink deliberately kept close to rettelchen's side who was a pattern of friendliness towards him since the polite decorator had exhausted himself in praising her dishes and had confessed that never so long as he had lived not even when dining with the ecclesiastics in bunts had he enjoyed a more delicious meal as master wacht now hurried on at a quick pace right across the middle of the workyard with a large bundle of keys in his hand the young lawyer was unintentionally brought close to nanny but all that the lovers ventured upon were stolen sighs and low soft-breathed love-plaints master wacht came to a halt in front of a fine newly made door which had been constructed in the wall parting his workyard from the merchant's garden he unlocked the door and stepped in inviting his family to follow him 
they none of them knew exactly what to make of the old gentleman except herr picard leberfink who never laid aside his sly smile or ceased his soft giggle in the midst of the beautiful garden there was a very spacious pavilion this too master wacht opened and stepping in remained standing in its centre from every one of its windows one obtained a different romantic view yes said master wacht in a voice that bore witness to a heart well pleased with itself here i am in my own property this beautiful garden is mine i was obliged to buy it not so much to augment my own place or increase the value of my property no but because i knew that a certain darling little thing longed so for these shrubs and trees and for these beautiful sweet-smelling flower-beds then nanny threw herself upon the old gentleman's breast and cried oh father father you will break my heart with your kindness with your goodness do have pity there there say no more master wacht interrupted his suffering child be a good girl and all may be brought right in some marvellous way you can find a great deal of comfort in this little paradise oh yes 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 exclaimed nanny in a burst of enthusiasm oh ye trees ye shrubs ye flowers ye distant hills you beautiful fleeting evening clouds my spirit lives wholly in you all i shall come to myself again when your sweet voices comfort me therewith nanny ran out of the open door of the pavilion into the garden like a startled young roe and jonathan the lawyer delayed not to follow her at his fastest speed for no power would then have been able to keep him back Monsieur picard leberfink requested permission to show rettelchen round the new property meanwhile old wacht had beer and tobacco brought to a spot under the trees close at the brow of the hill whence he could look down into the valley and there he sat in a right glad and comfortable humour puffing the blue clouds of genuine holland into the air no doubt my kindly reader is wondering greatly at this frame of mind in master wacht and is at a loss to explain to himself how a mood like this was at all possible to a temperament like wacht's he had arrived not so much at any determined plan as at the conviction that the eternal power could not possibly let him live to experience such a very terrible misfortune as that of seeing his favourite child united to a lawyer that is to satan himself something will happen he said to himself something must happen by which either this unhappy affair will be broken off or jonathan snatched from the pit of destruction it would be rash temerity nay perhaps a ruinous piece of mischief producing the exact contrary of what was wished if with my feeble hand i were to attempt to control the fly-wheel of destiny it is hard to credit what miserable nay often what absurd reasons a man will hunt up in order to represent the approaching misfortune as avertible so there were moments in which wacht built his hopes upon the arrival of wild sebastian whom he pictured to himself as a stalwart young fellow in the full flush and pride of youth just on the point of attaining to manhood and that he would bring about a change of direction in the drifting of circumstances and make things different from what they then were the very common and alas often too true idea came into his head 
that woman is too greatly impressed by strong and striking manliness not to be conquered by it at last when the sun began to go down m picard laborfink invited the family to go into his garden which adjoined their own and take a little refreshment beside vach's new possession the noble decorator and gilder's garden formed a most ridiculous and extraordinary contrast whilst almost too small in size so that the only thing it could perhaps boast in its favour was the good height at which it was situated it was laid out in dutch style the trees and hedges clipped with the shears in the most scrupulous and pedantic fashion the slender stems of the fruit-trees standing in the flower-beds looked very pretty in their coats of light blue and rose tints and pale yellow and other colours Laborfink had varnished them and so beautified nature moreover they saw in the trees the apples of the hesperides but yet several further surprises were in store Laborfink bade the girls pluck themselves a nosegay each but on gathering the flowers they perceived to their amazement that both stalks and leaves were gilded it was also very remarkable that all the leaves which rettel took into her hands were shaped like hearts the refreshment upon which laborfink regaled his guests consisted of the choicest confectionery the finest sweetmeats and old rhine wine and muscatel rettel was quite beside herself over the confectionery observing with special emphasis that such sweetmeats which were for the most part splendidly silvered and gilded were not she knew made in bamberg then m picard laborfink assured her privately with a most amorous smirk that he himself knew a little about baking cakes and sweets and that he was the happy maker of all these delicious dainties rettel almost fell upon her knees before him in reverence and astonishment and yet the greatest surprise was still in store for her in the deepening dusk m picard laborfink very cleverly contrived to entice little rettel into a small arbour no sooner was he alone with her than he recklessly plumped himself down upon both knees in the wet grass notwithstanding that he was wearing his brilliant green satin hose and amidst many strange and unintelligible sounds of distress not very dissimilar to the midnight elegies of the tomcat hints he presented her with an immense nosegay of flowers in the middle of which was the finest full-blown rose that could be found anywhere rettel did what everybody does who has a nosegay given to him she raised it to her nose but in the self-same moment she felt a sharp prick in her alarm she was about to throw the nosegay away but see what charming wonder had revealed itself in the meantime a beautifully varnished little cupid had leapt up out of the heart of the rose and was holding out a burning heart with both hands towards rettel from his mouth depended a small strip of paper on which were written the words here i offer you the heart of m picard laborfink good gracious exclaimed rettel very much alarmed good gracious what are you doing my good herr laborfink don't kneel down in front of me as if i were a princess you will make marks on your beautiful satin in the wet grass and you will catch cold yourself but elder tea and white sugar candy are good remedies no exclaimed the desperate lover no o oh margaret 
picard laborfink who loves you with all his heart will not rise from the wet grass until you promise to be his you want to marry me asked rettel well then up you get at once speak to my father darling laborfink and drink one or two cups of elder tea this evening why should the reader be longer wearied with laborfink's and rettel's folly they were made for each other and were betrothed at which father wacht was right glad in his own teasing humorous way a certain degree of life was introduced into wacht's house by rettel's betrothal and even the disconsolate lovers had more freedom since they were less observed but something of a quite special character was to happen to put an abrupt end to this quiet and comfortable condition in which they were all living the young lawyer seemed particularly preoccupied and his thoughts busy with some affair or another that absorbed all his energies his visits at wacht's house even began to be less frequent and he often stayed away in the evening a thing he had never been wont to do previously what can be the matter with our jonathan he is completely preoccupied he's quite another fellow from what he used to be said master wacht although he knew very well what was the cause or rather the event which was exercising such a visible influence upon the young lawyer at least to all outward appearance to tell the truth he looked upon this event as the dispensation of providence through which he should perhaps escape the great misfortune by which he believed himself threatened and which he felt would completely upset all the happiness of his life some few months previously a young and unknown lady had arrived in bamberg and under circumstances which could only be called singular and mysterious she was staying at the white lamb all the servants she had with her were an old grey-haired man-servant and an old lady's maid very various were the opinions current about her many maintained she was a distinguished and immensely rich hungarian countess who owing to matrimonial dissensions was compelled to take up her residence in solitary retirement in bamberg for a time others on the contrary set her down as an ordinary forsaken dido and yet others as an itinerant singer who would soon throw off her veil of nobility and announce herself as about to give a concert possibly she had no recommendations to the prince bishop at any rate the majority were unanimous in making up their minds to regard the stranger who according to the statements of the few persons who had seen her was of exceptional beauty as an extremely ambiguous person it had been noticed that the stranger lady's old manservant had followed the young lawyer about a long time until one day he caught him at the spring in the market-place which is ornamented with an image of neptune whom the honest folk of bamberg are generally in the habit of calling the forkman and there the old man stood talking to jonathan a long long time spirits alive to all that goes forward who can never meet anybody without asking eagerly wherever has he been wherever is he going whatever is he doing and so on had made out that the young advocate very often visited the beautiful unknown in fact almost every day and at night-time when he spent several hours with her it was soon the talk of the town that the lawyer jonathan engelbrecht had got entangled in the dangerous toils of the young unknown adventuress it would have been both then and always 
entirely contrary to master vach's character to make use of this apparently erring conduct of the young advocate as a weapon against poor nanny he left it to dame barbara and her whole following of gossips to keep nanny informed of all particulars from them she would learn every item of intelligence and that he made no doubt with a due amplification of all the details the crisis of the whole affair was reached when one day the young lady suddenly set off on a journey along with the lady nobody knew whither that's the way frivolity goes on the forward young gentleman will lose his business said the knowing ones but this was not the case for not a little to the astonishment of the public old eichheimer himself attended to his foster-son's business with the most painstaking care he seemed to be initiated into the secret about the lady and to approve of all the steps taken by his foster-son master vach never spoke a word about the matter and once when poor nanny could no longer hide her trouble but moaned in a low tone her voice half choked with tears why has jonathan left us master vacht replied in an off-handed way ay that's just what lawyers do who knows what sort of an intrigue jonathan has got entangled in with a stranger thinking it will bring him money and be to his advantage then however herr picard laberfink was wont to take jonathan's side and to assert that he for his part was convinced the stranger could be nothing less than a princess who had had recourse to the already world-renowned young advocate in an extremely delicate lawsuit and therewith he also unearthed so many stories about lawyers who through especial sagacity and especial penetration and skill had unravelled the most complicated difficulties and brought to light the most closely hidden things till master vach begged him for goodness sake to hold his tongue since he was feeling quite ill and sick nanny on the contrary derived inward comfort from all laborfink's remarkable stories and she plucked up her hopes again with her trouble however there was united a perceptible mixture of annoyance and anger and particularly at the moments when it seemed to her utterly impossible that jonathan could have been untrue to her from this it might be inferred that jonathan had not sought to exculpate himself but had obstinately maintained silence about his adventure after some months had elapsed the young lawyer came back to bomberg in the highest good spirits and master vacht on seeing the bright glad light in nanny's eyes when she looked at him could not well do otherwise than conclude that jonathan had fully justified his conduct to her doubtless it would not be disagreeable to the indulgent reader to have the history of what had taken place between the stranger lady and the young lawyer inserted here as an episodical novella count z a hungarian owner of more than a million married from pure affection a miserably poor girl who drew down upon her head the hatred of his family not only because her own family was enshrouded in complete obscurity but also because the only valuable treasures she possessed were her divine virtue beauty and grace the count promised his wife that at his death he would settle all his property upon her by will end of part eleven section five recording by expatriate in bangor maine